What's Cranach Club and the Irish Voice Podcast? Big game tonight, United versus Newcastle, Team Sheet News announced. I'm here with Mum. How's it going? Going grand. Hi everyone. So team selection is out. Hmm. What are your thoughts? Hmm. Yeah. No, I'm disappointed. In what? I'm disappointed in a couple of things. That Scott McTominay's still on the pitch. And Harry Maguire's still on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, Harry Maguire has not put a foot wrong, really. He's done what he's had to do, right? He does. Harry Maguire is a good defender, but a limited defender and not a modern defender. Yeah, I think... I, I'm, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't want to see Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay in the team. And you say this to all the United fans and they argue back because well, you know, Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay are two of the most informed players we have at the minute. And I can see that. That is 100% correct. But what you're giving up in terms of the playing style of the football team to have those two boys in is just too much for me to ignore. And when I say that, I think it's massively to do with controlling the ball, you know, playing the ball. I've seen this team selection tonight. And I think, looking at it, that is a team that is set up to counter-attack Newcastle. I think before the game even begins, he's conceding the midfield battle and playing Scott McTominay to get forwards and Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire in centre-back so they can spray long balls forward. To Rashford, Yep, yeah, striker Newcastle. tonight. Rashford playing in the... I'm going to watch Alan striker tonight. Oh, I thought Rashford was on. Mm, Rashford is, but he's playing off the right again. And we'll get on to that in a minute because that decision has really annoyed me, even though I'm his biggest fan. But tonight, Luke Shaw and Mar Maguire are in centre-back to spray the ball out to Rashford, Granato and Marshall to break the lines of Newcastle when we have the ball. The midfield and the defence that he has selected, he's conceding that Newcastle are going to get at us and Newcastle will be the more dominant team tonight and he's going to try and counter-attack and beat them. I don't like that mentality. I really don't. Newcastle have a string of injuries. They have a shell of a team on the bench. But they're playing so well. True. But what are our aspirations if we're conceding that we're now lesser than Newcastle and we have to counter-attack Newcastle? Yeah, I get your point. But we are at the minute. We are. Which is unfortunate. But we shouldn't be. No, we shouldn't. We were talking the other night and one of the things I said to you was that I think Manchester United have a squad where a good coach would be able to get a performance out of that team at the minute. Even with the injuries that they have, I think a, a good progressive footballing coach would play Sophie and Amrabat and Kobe Mania tonight because of their technical capabilities and their ability to keep the ball. And if he was going to play Luke Shaw centre-back, play Raphael Varane with it. Now, it sounds like I'm saying that's what I would do, because that is exactly what I would do. But I think that improves the overall football. Instead, we've got Mr. Pragmatic and Mr. Safe is allowing Scott McTominay to stay in the team. Anthony played very well the other night. Yeah. And Marcus Rashford wants to strip back in. Yeah, but he always shoehorns Rashford in. He does. Always. You know, he said in his that embargo piece in the press conference that nobody is undroppable. That's bullshit. Yeah, Marcus Rashford is... Um, do you know, one of the comparisons we've bandied about uh, a couple of times over the past few weeks is Louis van Hal. And do you remember Louis? And Rooney? My captain should not be dropped. Yeah, yeah. and he would not let Wayne Rooney... When Rooney was team. finished at that time. Yeah, and, and we're not saying Marcus Rashford is finished. There's still a brilliant football. God, nobody needs Rashford. to kick up the ass. But Marcus Rashford has not played well all season. Anthony put in... The performance of his season so far the other night and has been dropped straight back to the bench. And he won't give Pellistri a sniff of football, but he convinced that lad to stay and not go out and loan or take a, an opportunity elsewhere. But he will not allow that boy into the team. The thing about Anthony is he works really, really hard. Yeah. And he does, he allows Aaron Mambasaka to, to overlap. We're going to miss that tonight with Marcus Rashford now out on the right. 
because Marcus Rashford does will not or does not do that. See, I'm I'm not even annoyed at the abilities. I I still think Marcus Rashford is a better footballer than Anthony or Pelistri. I'm not annoyed that Marcus Rashford is on the pitch because I really think Rashford is one of our best players. But it's that situation that you're creating for yourself when you allow a player who has not been in form to come waltzing straight back into the what team. What does that say to the rest of the team? Exactly. To young fellas like Pelistri, Hannibal, you know, those boys that are sitting on the bench looking at this and going, right, well, I mean, what's it, what's it saying to even Anthony, you know, who is one of our more established stars, to turn around and say, look, that was a brilliant shift the other night, but really thank you for it, but Rashford starts because... Because he's our star know. man. Yeah. So it's, it sets a really bad... But really bad precedent, it really does, that his only other alternative in that scenario would have been to drop Garnacho, and the fan base would have went into meltdown if that happened. Garnacho's starting to hit for him. He's starting to score That's goals. what I mean. But, do you know, something came to me when I was watching the football back the other night, and Bruno Fernandes was saying about that extra pass, and it was obviously a thinly veiled dig, a police train, that final pass. And I think I said this in the game, but I didn't say it on the podcast. When you starve lads like that of football, when you sit them on the bench and you play players over them who aren't scoring goals, who aren't turning out good performances, and you bring them in for snippets of the game, you set a precedent that the only way to get into your team, and this applies massively for Scott McTominay, is to score goals. Everything will be overlooked in your performance yes. if you put goals to your tally. So Palestri gets a bit greedy the other night and tries to be the star man, because if he's the star man the other night, he's a chance of starting, and because it doesn't come off, he's still a fight for it. But, but he took police three on on Wednesday night and stuck him out on the left. That even That's a head scratcher. That furthers my point. He took police three on, he wouldn't even let the lad play his own Do you know what I think it is, Rory? I think it's pandering to certain sections of the fan base. There you go. I put police three on. I give him minutes. So shut up. If it is, I want him sacked. I, I, I've always been adamant about this point. If there is any shred of truth to your thoughts that he bows to the media or bows to the fans I want him sacked because he's a weakling and a coward and he should not be in charge of one of the biggest football clubs in the world a man with that mentality that comes into a football club and listens to what's being said about him and then plays certain players in certain situations to appease people see I can't I can't understand that either because of the way he dealt with Ronaldo and because of the way he's dealt with dealing with Sancho They, they were big big calls but his team selection at times and his overlooking of players at times and playing players who are terribly out of form is yeah. baffling. But at the same time, he plays players to his own detriment that are in, in brilliant fans of form. I don't think Scott McTominay should start, but he's in form. So he starts. It just doesn't make sense. No, I think it's because Scott McTominay scores the odd goal. I want to read something out to you from Eric Ten Hag and then we'll get more into the team selection. Right. So he was asked the question. So he was asked whether he thinks the fans are happy with how he's playing. I obviously am not. I don't like the way we he know. plays the game. Yeah, I don't like the way that he sets the team up. He said, I think so. If you see the goals we scored recently in Copenhagen at Everton on Wednesday in Istanbul, scored some very good collective goals. The fact of having a good plan of giving creativity to the player in positions where they perform best allows us to score some very good goals. Okay. Yes, you're scoring goals. You're also conceding. Yeah. Left, right and centre. And I'll tell you why you're conceding. Your in-game management at times is awful. And your team that you're setting up at the minute, their ability to control a game of football is non-existent. So you cannot turn around and say that we as fans can be happy with that because we're scoring goals. We don't look like a good team. 
Tonight is a very big test. The first one in a run of games where we play the teams at the top of the table. Tonight's huge. Yeah. And the difference tonight is that form is not going to come into it. Manchester United's form against the bottom rung teams in the Premier League will not be taken into consideration by Eddie Howe and Newcastle. They will be put to a stern test tonight. And he needs to have a game plan with the squad that he's picked and hope that that all comes to fruition. I'm going to put my neck out here and say United get beat to Newcastle tonight. And it's not because I dislike Arton Hag. It's because I don't think setting a team up to counter-attack a very strong physical Newcastle team is going to tactically make sense. And I think Newcastle will press Manchester United high up the pitch, get in their faces and beat them. Well, I would love to see a win, but I'm going for a draw. Yeah, what do you think the score will be tonight? One each. I think it's going to be... I think the end of the score. Um, I think they will counter-attack and catch Newcastle at some point. But I don't think... I think Newcastle will completely dominate the game in the middle of the park. And completely dominate the ball. So I think United will definitely score one, possibly two. But Newcastle scored three against us in the Carabao Cup. I think Newcastle will put two or three past United tonight. It's a shaky O'Nana who retains his place. But he's been really good in the Premier League. See, this is what's yeah. baffling as well. He's had an awful Champions League campaign. Shocking yeah. Champions League campaign. But he's been solid in the Premier League. I don't trust Dallow working on wrong. The only thing on the left with Dallow is... And Garnacho has showed it in the in this past couple of games. He can do his defensive duties and do them well. Yes, but I think he'll be isolated um, to where he'll have to defend against Amaral tonight because Kieran Trippier will push up the pitch. And Garnacho is going to have to be wary of the threat of Kieran Trippier. Because one thing that Manchester United look particularly soft on is when the ball is crossed into the box it seems to cause a bit of chaos unless Maguire wins the header and gets the ball away if it comes along the ground or it's put into a position or it bobbles about a bit we always look shaky like there's no one there that commandingly gets the ball out you know like that dominating sort of centre back Maguire's brilliant at it in the air Maguire can but that's what he does he just clears the ball you put the ball in the air millimetres offside Harry Maguire wins it you fizz the ball in along the ground oh god no no contest yeah so that's where I think Newcastle will get us to me. Look, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully, hopefully. I'm a lot more optimistic at half time, but I tried to be more optimistic the other night and then I came back into what I think. And I'm just going to say what I think and feel United lose tonight. No, I think it's going to be a draw. I hope you're right. Because this could make or break this man's career. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope we win. If we lose to Newcastle tonight, sorry, if we win at Newcastle tonight, it'll give me a lot of positivity and a lot of optimism moving forwards. But I am so intrigued to see if I'm right. Has he set them up? Is he conceding that Newcastle are the better football team? He's going to counter-attack them tonight. I really hope I'm wrong. It's nothing like it works. But we'll see you all at half-time. Hopefully I am miserably long and it's 3-4-0 to Manchester United. But we'll wait and see. I'll try and contain him now. Don't worry. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. Half-time in what is <laughs> an absolutely dire Manchester United performance. But you're going to give me hope and optimism here. Tell me why, it's not a big deal. Oh no, you've wore me down that first half. You really have with your negativity. And I get it. It's we're in survival mode that first half. Yep. Against a team who have ten players missing, four of which are arguable first teamers. And you have told me from the start of the season that the reason Man United play bad football is injuries. And now the injuries are coming back. We're only really missing Martinez and Casemiro. Casemiro, who's question marks over where he starts for the emergence of Kobe Mainu, because they're both playing the same position. So, what is it? Me, personally? Yeah. His team selection. 
you think it's the personality put on? Yeah. Why do I you do. think he's picking them? I have no idea. And is that enough to get him sacked? Oh, for me, right, I would give him to the end of the season and then it's a totten up process. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not going to answer this question again because I've asked you repeatedly, right? My mindset is now that squad is good enough to get top four. That manager will not get top four with that squad. I would like to see him sacked for the sake of our season. I love Manchester United. I want that football club to succeed. I don't want a man in charge of those players who can't get a performance out of them. And tonight, he has the players that he brought into the team available for his selection. And he went with Marcus Rashford on the right instead of playing Anthony, who I think has been awful that half. Rashford has done nothing. No, there was he's a been shocking. Run, but he's been shocking. He's been shocking. Scott McTominay's been shocking. Dallow's been shocking. Scott McTominay has been anonymous as yeah. we expected him to be, but I can't be mad at Scott for that. That's Scott. We no, knew that was that's happen. what I'm saying. That's down to selection. That manager is picking the team. Yeah, I'm picking the wrong. The only person one I would point the finger at to say has been really poor is Rashford. I think Rashford has been individually poor. I expect a lot more from that lad than what he's given in that football pitch, so he needs to come off. But Scott McTominay, I can't be angry at Scott. Scott's doing what I thought he was going to do. He's staying right up the pitch, up in a 10 roll, up there to hopefully get the ball at some stage. He's offering nothing to young Kobe Mayo, who's getting caught out. Who's isolated. Field. Do you know, Casemiro's deficiencies this season, I think, are because of who he's been partnered with. In I agree with you. And then Christian he's Erickson, been isolated. Yeah, he's been isolated. He's, he's the ball person who receives the ball. He's the ball carrier. He has to come and get the ball deep. And we're seeing it tonight with Kobe Mainu. And we know the talents of this lad. And he has no one around him to give the ball to. Bruno Fernandes is being marked out of it by a brilliant Bruno Guimaraes and Joe Linton. And Scott's anonymous. Because Scott is just up there to receive the ball in a hopeful attacking position and put it in the net. Yeah. And for me, that's why I want this manager sacked. I think his tactics are shocking. Man. I think it's awful. Well, you know me. And I'm Ten Hag in. Yeah. But if he keeps picking the same personnel that are showing nothing and offering nothing on that pitch, then, yeah, I'm not agreeing with you because I'll not do that. But uh, I, I can see where you're coming from because it's just it's frustrating as a football fan when you're sitting, and I know we're all armchair managers, but you're going, why? Because that's, that's the way he sets them up. That is his vision. Now, we said this during the match, right? I said to you, and I think it's valid, you want, you're waiting to see Manchester United play football the way Newcastle are playing tonight. You want United to press the team right up as far as the goalkeeper. You want the ball to be moved quickly around and you want chance creation and you want what Eddie Hyde gives Newcastle. I argue back to you, you'll never see that from Eric Ten Hag because that's not the way he wants to play football. That methodical pre- probing the ball around the pitch and moving it into the midfield and back to the defence, that is a tactical decision that is very prominent in Dutch football. We've seen it with Louis. Louis van Gaal played the exact same football in a different formation. Now we're getting it again from Eric ten Hag, another product of Holland, another Dutch coach, pragmatic total football, and we're turning around and saying, oh no, but it'll click eventually, and it'll look like a Premier League variation of this. I don't think so. Look, I'm going to be very seasonal here, and I'm going to use an analogy, right? It's like, you're a kid at Christmas. This yeah. is me, right? You're a kid at Christmas and you have boxes of presents under the tree. And you, you can't wait for Christmas Day. And you're really excited and you're really with anticipation, right? You open your first box and you go, oh, Jesus, what the hell? And then you go, but there's a second box. And then you open your second box and go, what? Yeah. It's just, I am 
waiting for it to click and waiting for him to wake up and drop Marcus Rashford and Scott McTominay. They need to sit on the bench because they're offering nothing. They're they're detrimental to that team at the minute. It's like pl- playing with 10 or 9 men. Scott McTominay's a ghost out there he tonight. Is. No, just... As is Marcus Rashford. Now, I do honestly think that personnel will not make a difference and this style of football will never win anything major. I, I think you're wrong. Years. Yeah, and that's the difference of opinion in football. I think you're going to see them play the exact same way. But what I would say is, even with his style of football, there should be more than what... Like, they had two chances in that half, right? Garnacho made a half chance in the first half. And that, I don't know what the second one was because that was arguably it. And then Newcastle, as I said the would from the start took the ball, dominated them, gave no respect to Manchester United, and they are passing and scything their way through that midfield defence for fun. Yeah. As the commentators said, it is miraculous that the ball has not gone Absolutely. into that. Absolutely. But that's football as well. It's still not not. You, this was our heated argument during the match. You said, yes, they're at James's Park, they have the right to dominate it, and it's still nil nil. I concede that. But what really frustrates me is, I see beyond this game. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't help looking at the bigger picture and thinking you're never going to win anything why would we persist with you why would we give you time for the sake of it so we don't fall into the the rinse and repeat trope why not like if it was a football player consistently turning out like Marcus Rashford turning out every week and putting in these substandard performances we all want his head and then we turn the glaze to Eric Ten Hag substandard performance after substandard performance Results going awry. Can only beat the smaller teams, but no, no, no. Give him time. Oh, that see from tonight onwards. I want him sacked. I want him sacked. Even if he beats Newcastle tonight, I don't believe this is the man for Manchester United, and I want him gone. Well, we've another forty-five minutes to watch, Rory. We do, and you know what? I hope he makes changes at half time, and he proves me wrong as always. But I'm going to put my opinion out there right now. I want Ertan Hag sacked. I think his football is dire. I think his team selection is dire. And I think what I just watched in 45 minutes against the Newcastle team with the injuries and absenteeism that they have, that's a fucking disgrace for Manchester United. That is disgusting. Well, big calls have to be made. Who travelled up to Newcastle in the cold. Fair play, lads. And ladies, that is not deserving of that sort of commitment. Your football club must be let you down that first half. It's nil-nil. But something needs to change or Newcastle will eventually put the ball back in That's what I said. Big calls have to be made. And do you know what? It feels like it's, feels like one of those games where they score one one, the floodgates will open. United look ropey at the back. Dallow is, I don't know. Dallow has been shocking. He's been absolutely awful. Sean Maguire have looked solid when they've been called upon, but they're under far too much pressure. They're sitting pressure. way too deep as well. But they have to because Newcastle are dominating the ball. United cannot get to grips with the ball in midfield once again. And this happened against Galatasaray, but Galatasaray are a more open team and we're easier to get at and we create opportunities. Newcastle are very well drilled under Eddie Howe. When we get the ball and we're trying to come forward, they are at us, in our faces, and they close the door. And we have to play through them. Yeah, but our midfield in games... I'm not talking about Scott McTominay every game he plays, but we're a man down. Yeah. Mr Anonymous just... I don't know what he does. If you want to play the ball through Newcastle here, you need a third outlet in midfield for Bruno and for Kobe Maynard. Absolutely, yes. How can Sophie and Amrabat do any worse than Scott McTominay? I agree with you. And you know what? You haul Amrabat off every time you're unhappy with one of his performances. If he looks at that, and I see Scott for 90 minutes tonight, 
I give up. Yeah, and you and a lot of fans, right? Because I would make changes at, at halftime immediately. I would have Amrabat on, I would have Anthony on, and I would have Regulon on. Rasmus Hoyland. I don't think Marshall did anything in that half. Either. No. I think Marshall was anonymous again. Um, but, but then again, it's a graveyard shift. Look, that squad selection would have had a place if he had been playing Luton tonight with Newcastle on Wednesday. I wouldn't have batted an eyelid because it wouldn't be that big. But to actually think in a massive game of St James's Park that you're going to put that team out. Now, people will turn around and say, oh, he has one eye on Wednesday. He could be beating both. But that's ridiculous, so it is. And if he's beaten both those games and results go against them, folks, he's ninth. Yeah, we need points. Yeah. To save top four, we need points. And at that point, you just have to think, is it damage limitation to take an interim coach into the end of the year who can maybe get a new manager bounce and get fourth and have a look at a manager that's more progressive? I still think he'll get fourth. Well, do you know what? Everyone is entitled to their opinion. I'm starting to lose it with this man. He, I have no buzz coming in to watch Manchester United at the minute. Oh, I know. Because they're shit. They play a shit standard of football. It's not enjoyable to watch. We get I, I, I disagree with you, Rory. I think it, it is enjoyable to watch in spells, but it's not consistent. It is not consistent, and when it's dire, it's dire. We have a manager. Like, I, am, I was buzzing for the Luton game. I was buzzing for the Sheffield United game. Sorry, I'll rephrase this. When it comes to big games, no enthusiasm. He consistently fails. Earth can fail. He feels every time he comes up against the big team, every big occasion thrown at this man, with the exception of a Carabao Cup, he's failed. City in the FA Cup, failed. Every big team he's played this season, failed. So it's very hard for me to get motivated at the minute. So we will see what happens in the second half. Hopefully he changes things. Yeah. But this is looking like zero for five from big games this season for Eric Tenag, a standard that I will not accept as manager of Manchester United. He needs sack. But... Hopefully you get your wish in the second half on. Oh my God, I have to listen to you all night. Yes, I hope. Unfortunately you do, yeah. Mm-hmm. See you all full time, folks. Bye. And there it is. Final whistle on what was one of the defining moments in Eric Hag's Hag's career and not in a positive way for me. What did you think? No, well, I'm only after saying to you, it's not the defeat, it's the manner of the defeat. That was absolutely awful tonight. That's the worst game that I've watched under his tenure. Yeah, I think that's the worst performance. And I think it's been coming, to be fair. I I can't ignore the fact that Manchester United set out with that game plan that I said I described before the game. I looked at that team sheet and I thought, no, that's a mistake. You're playing this too safe. You obviously don't want to lose at St James's Park. A draw will be good enough for you. You're going to go out, concede possession of the ball in midfield to have McTominay high up the pitch with Bruno Fernandes and try and catch Newcastle in behind. And what happened was Newcastle dominated the ball and therefore dominated the game. And United were very lucky to get away with a 1-0 defeat there. Now, in the last 10-15 minutes... That's because Newcastle were right in their feet. Yeah. That is the only reason that we dominated the last 10 minutes. Yeah. And I'm going to say something now. And I've never been Eric Ten Hag out, right? But for that man to save his job, he has to seriously look at that selection. He has to drop Rashford... He has to drop Dallow and he has to drop Scott McTominay. Marcus Rashford should not get onto the pitch for Manchester United again as a starting player until he shows something as a substitute. I agree with you. And His name should be nowhere near the team sheet. He is an absolute disgrace at the minute and I am his biggest fan. But this constant pulling out and looking like a petulant spoiled child, he is a shade of the lad that played last year. And you know what? 
He does not suit Erickson Hag's system, no. but it is baffling why Erickson Hag picks this one. But you know what annoyed me even fucking more? He came out in the second half, Rashford. He did nothing, absolutely nothing, to save his starting place and come back out. I've seen a start at halftime that Scott McTominay touched the ball 16, 17 times in the first half, whereas Onana had 29 touches. The goalkeeper was That's getting shocking. the ball more than a central midfielder. That is damning. But what is more damning is, we've seen how poor Rashford was, we've seen how poor McTominay was, and Ten Hag still sent him out in the second half. I want this man sacked now. I don't agree with keeping him in for the next couple of games, even though I can take your point. They probably won't do it now. But this is not the man. Sack him. That was a joke. Disgusting. It was awful as a Man United supporter to watch that. Awful that we aspire to be not just top four, but to win the Premier League, to win Champions League, and to play football like that. That's amateur football. It is brilliant. Amateur teams would actually put more of an effort in. Aaron Wan-Bissaka tonight, I don't know what was wrong with Aaron Wan-Bissaka, but he lost possession so many times. Yeah. He didn't track his player. It was like he was running around like a headless chicken. And he's usually so assured, such a good defender. Offensively, he's there's question marks. Defensively, he's been solid. And we looked so... The word I'm going to use is disjointed. Yeah, I mean... He can't make the big decisions at the minute when it comes to the squad. It's almost as if he knows that his job is at risk here. And he's trying to safely, pragmatically fail out a way to win games. He knew he was going to counter-attack tonight. The king of counter-attack in Manchester United is Marcus Rashford. But even to counter-attack, you have to control the ball. You have to find ways through Newcastle to progress the ball up the pitch. It was non-existent football tonight. It was dire. I said to you when we started this podcast that there are players that will not suit his system yeah. or the system that he wants to play. Harry Maguire's one of them. Yeah. Marcus Rashford's the other one. Two first They're names on the team sheet. Counter-attacking footballers. Yeah. Two first names on the team sheet for this Two one. first names. And he is persistent with them. hundred now. And that is why you get sacked for me. It's the fact that you can turn around and you can drill down on individual performances tonight. Rashford was awful. Scott McTominay was non-existent. I thought that there was a real lack of composure and organisation from Dallow. Um, Wan-Bissaka got beat for the goal. But I mean, I can't blame Wan-Bissaka for getting beat for that goal for this simple reason. Any team in the Premier League in the position of Newcastle is allowed that many chances in a game. One's going to go in. I absolutely agree. Yep. You give a team as you can't, many chances. You can't pinpoint a, a player. A yep. a it could have been any player. Could have been any player. Shaw or Maguire, fantastic tonight. Rock solid. Gave their everything. But that suited Harry Maguire. That is where you'll get a rock solid. See, when you have no control of the ball, no possession in the game, and teams are coming Chaos wave football. after wave after wave of attack, Harry's a very good defender. But do you know what Harry didn't do tonight? Keep control of the ball. But that's not Harry's game. Exactly, but our manager picks him. You've got a world-class cultured centre-back who can keep the ball and run into midfield with the ball. And you've got a Swedish lad who will do the exact same thing. And they are sat on the bench because he expected to lose possession of the ball tonight and for us to be so deep. And he didn't even try it. And do you know what really fucking ragged me amongst the many things tonight? I turned around and I said to you when we seen Amrabat warming up, he'll take off Kobe Mina. Yeah. He can't see that Scott McTominay is damaging. The to whole be fair, team. Kobe Mainu had a quiet game. The, the, the whole team had a quiet game. But the person to take off was Scott McTominay. Kobe Mainu 
had an alright game and it was just alright because Kogi Menu had no midfield partner in there helping him out to keep control of the ball and to look good in midfield it feels like the Pogba scenario all over again where you have Paul Pogba an assured comfortable technically gifted ball playing midfielder and you partner him with fucking dross absolute shite people who can't pass the ball people who can't hold on and control midfields and you turn around and you say, God, Pogba was poor tonight, wasn't he? Was he poor? Was it? He played on his own against two midfielders. No, I agree with you. Kobe Maynard should have been doing... Kobe Maynard should have been doing the Scott McTominay role. Amrabat should have been the whole sitting midfielder. And Kobe Maynard should have been on in place of Scott McTominay. But I honestly think, right, this is the dynamic that I've worked out in my head with Ericsson Hag, right? This, this is what I've pieced together in my head, right? Ericsson Hag's starting midfield would be Kobe Manu and Mason Mount. Mason Mount was bought to do the attacking role and to do what Scott McTominay's kind of doing now and play as the second ghost hen beside Bruno Fernandes. He's a technically gifted footballer. The passing might improve when Mount comes back, right? Then all of a sudden Manu gets injured. And he's, he's only got class. So he goes and he has to get a hold of midfielder and he brings in Sophie and Amrabat as cover for Manu and Casemiro. And that is why Kobe Manu and Amrabat are rotating in and out of the team in the Galatasaray game and the Newcastle game tonight. Because in his head, he sees nothing wrong with what Scott McTominay's doing. Scott is on the pitch to score goals. Fuck controlling possession and keeping the ball. And he's leaving gaps in midfield. We've got Manu and Bruno Fernandes. They will keep possession and keep the ball. Two midfielders. So what do you do when you're ready? How? And this isn't this isn't genius football. This is simple tactics. You turn around to your midfielders and you say, right, you've got Lewis Miley, you've got Joe Linton, and you've got Bruno Guimaraes, right? Guimaraes and Joe Linton, they're tenacious. So you tell them two boys, squeeze Fernandez and put pressure on, on young Kobe Mayne if you can. Lewis, you're 17 years of age, you're marking McCallany tonight because he's fucking shit in the ball. He doesn't know how to pass the ball. He's not good at keeping it in. He can't really find space for himself. Just sit on Scott McCombie and try and get in front of him when the ball is played into him. If the ball is played into him. I seen Kobe Maynard tonight turn round when Scott was the only option to pass the ball to. But Scott was in a pressured situation. There was maybe a player against him and he wouldn't give him the ball. I'm juking it. He, he wouldn't give him the ball. He wouldn't pass because he knew Scott was comfortable it. there. So we waited until Scott got into a free position and we slowed the whole play down and then he would give it to Scott McTominay. Because even this 18-year-old midfielder knows I can't give the ball to you when there's a player beside you because you're not good enough on it. Yeah. That's a joke! That's football intelligence. And our team, a lot of them, have not got that. It just, which is damning. It is a 1-0 defeat that feels like a hammering. It's, I think it's, a, it's the manner... It's the manner of the defeat... In the way we sat through what nearly a hundred minutes of football, and you're you're reaching to find positives out of that game. You really are reaching. Do you think he can? You, you're obviously not in Haggard. Do you think he can turn it around if he starts making positive personnel changes? Do you think he turns it around? After watching that game tonight, and I'm the optimist. Yeah. After watching that game tonight. I will give him until after the Liverpool game. So you come back now from the end of the season? I am not on your side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that damn right? But that football that I watched tonight, and I love football, and I watch different leagues, as you know. I yeah. just love football, right? That was shit. 
And yeah, it was. And you know, we take personnel out of it. I'm seeing a man who's playing, I've said this to you a couple of times, Dutch football, tactical European football, patient, slow-tempoed, probe and pass football. And that works when you're in the Eredivisie and when you're at Ajax and you're playing two teams that are maybe at a standard of, say, Manchester United in comparison to Aston Villa at the minute. And that's fine. You only have to beat Eindhoven a couple of times and Feyenoord a couple of times and then the rest is a real drop-off in quality and standards. This, to me, looks like a man that is completely out of his depth now that the going has got tough. This feels like uh, he's a more experienced and a better ally. It's not falling apart. The wheels haven't come off the wagon. He could possibly pull a rabbit out of the hat in a couple of games and go on a run. It feels that way because he's a good manager in his own right. But this is not the man to win trophies for Manchester United. It's going to have to be a very magical bunny that he pulls out of a hat. Because I watch football to be entertained. That is not entertainment at all. And I feel like that squad is not that poor. I think that is a good squad of players. And a a good coach could come in and get a really progressive attacking style of football out of them. I think if you gave that team to Unai Emery, Ange Postacoglu, even Eddie Howe tonight. We talked in the, at half-time about Eddie Howe's players running at Manchester United, pressing Manchester United, playing the ball football, playing the football quicker, playing the ball pitch quicker, and you say that's what you envision for Manchester United. I think those managers would get a better tune out of this team than our managers get in the minute, and that's what I can't get past, so I do want him sacked. I wouldn't give him till after the Liverpool game. I'd possibly give him the Chelsea game because the Chelsea game is midweek but then you've got Bournemouth and Bayern Munich even though we're going to be there and we'd love to win it feels like a bit of a a shot for nothing because the Galatasaray game was the one he had to win it's a mental scenario I wouldn't put that Galatasaray game on him that was shocking individual mistakes you see yes and that's one game we scored three goals away from home in a cauldron yeah now you cannot it's detract from that and we scored three goals at Everton yeah it's right? zero from five against big teams this season I, yes and that's where that's where he's going to sink or swim a game against a bit. in a big situation this season Manchester United have had their worst Champions League campaign I have seen in recent memory right on top of that in the Premier League as Ali McLeish said tonight all of our points have come against the bottom teams so yes I will give you the Galatasaray game you're 110% right but his record is consistent dog shit he is not a man for the occasion, the big occasion. When our backs are against the wall and we have to win a football game, whether it be the Champions League, whether it be a big game in the season, he fluffs it. Eric can feel. Well, I hope on the way back in the coach tonight that he has time to reflect. And I was glad that he took Rashford off when he did. I was glad he took Martial off when he did. It should have been at half time. And he has to make those big calls. No matter if they're star boys or whatever, right? He has to make those big calls for the betterment of the team, not the individual players. I completely agree with you. But do you not think that's wishful thinking? Because if he was able to do that, why isn't he doing it now? You know, he His job's on the line now. And he, know, he looked like a man doomed tonight. We've seen him during that football match. We've seen him on the touchline, right? He has to make the big calls. And if he doesn't, he's gone. But I Simple would argue as. that he must have felt some pressure in the job after Galatasaray and his squad selection tonight was baffling. We said it before the game. He he picks the team. He is the man at the top of Manchester United. He chooses the team, right? And his decision making, no fluff, nothing to cover this. He chose to bring Marcus Rashford right back in, who was awful. 
he chose to play a dad. And has been awful. Back. Yeah. Who almost caused a moment of chaos with Andre Onana, right? He refused to drop Andre Onana, who I thought was decent tonight, but had a chaotic moment coming to the ball in the first half. Couple of them. And he consistently chooses to rotate Kobe Mainu and Sophie and Amrabat to partner Scott McTominay, a man who was anonymous in all the first half and didn't do anything in the second half. He can't keep the ball, he can't pass the ball. He's on in that team at the minute because he's a goal threat and has been a goal threat against the smaller teams this season. Playing Newcastle tonight, he's done nothing. Yeah, so the logical thing is to sit him on the bench and take him on for the, the last 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. That's so the logical thing. That's my, que- that, that's my question if it worked out. Why is it not happening? I have no idea. I have two schools of thought on it, right? Of course you do. <laughs> First one is, he is doing it out of necessity because he feels that he doesn't have players available to him so he can't see past Amrabat and being the same player and he wants to play Scott. The second one is, he's happy with it and he's, he can't figure out is. It's brilliant to sit as a fan, right? And you're not involved in the nitty-gritty and you don't have the pressure of picking the Manchester United team and you're not in that scenario. So you sit as a fan and go, he can't be happy with this. He couldn't possibly be happy with Scott McTominay's performance. There's no way. That's unfathomable to us. We're sitting here now and surely we won't see Scott again against Chelsea. Maybe he is. How could you be happy with that? How could any manager be happy with a performance like that tonight? I don't think, I'm not saying he's happy with the performance. Oh no, that performance is shocking, Rory. I'm saying the performance is a product of his team selection and he doesn't see an issue with Scott. He doesn't see the issues with Scott that we see. He sees Scott as a 10 and a shadow striker and an outlet who gets goals and he'll revert back to Galatasaray and say, well, Scott scored in that game. If Scott had a score tonight against Newcastle, you wouldn't be crying. Scott puts the ball into the back of the net and it's one each there in that last 10 minutes. You can't fault me for playing Scott till the very end of the game. I'm saying, is that it? Is, is it those wee individual things where we see Dallow come in tonight left back and we think what the what yeah you're finally going to play Shaw and centre back but you're keeping Harry Maguire in the team and Shaw and Harry Maguire were brilliant but we said it before the game they, were, they weren't brilliant they were good they were solid they weren't brilliant you can't play a progressive attack of football with Harry Maguire in the team no or Scott McTominay but to have the two of them in is damn it. like we said tonight right if Harry Maguire Misses the first tackle. He's chaos for the second one. He cannot... He, there's not a recovery tackle in him because he's too damn slow. Do you know, people will listen to this and turn around and say Harry Maguire has been excellent. Harry Maguire is an excellent defender. I Against who? In, he was good tonight, one. He was very good tonight. Oh, he was good tonight. It was backs to the wall tonight. But this is what I'm saying. Harry Maguire is an excellent defender. In a system that suits him. This is the system that suits him. Your manager is playing a system that suits him and he looks excellent. You can't say in a system that suits him because at Manchester United we're playing a system that suits him. No, I disagree. Based on what? He's played- Based on the fact that he was dropped to the bench and it was Ferran and Right. Bottom line is Martinez doesn't get injured. Right? It's Ferran and Martinez is the partnership. So is he reverting back to what those centre backs are comfortable with? Is he? Is that why he's picking? He's playing like a hybrid counter-attacking. Well, I don't know Dutch style. I don't know what he's playing. I don't know what the system is, and nobody does. He's playing an inform Harry Maguire because Harry Maguire is inform and defending well, and he likes Harry Maguire at the minute because Harry Maguire is defending well and preventing goals, and that's the end of it. So you said about Raphael Varane and stuff like that. 
When Martinez comes back, Maguire will play with Varane. Or, sorry, Maguire will play... With Martinez. With Martinez. Harry Maguire is not going to disappear from the team and Raphael Varane come back into it. You are choosing to believe your own narrative, I think, of what you think you want this man to do instead of seeing what he will actually do. He has Victor Lindelof available to him. He has Luke Shaw playing centre-back tomorrow, tonight. Luke Shaw can do the same thing Lissandro Martinez can at the same level that Lissandro Martinez can. But you didn't see Varane tonight, you seen Maguire. Yeah, you're probably right. He is choosing reluctantly. to put these people in. And it has to live in Dez by his decisions. Absolutely. His decision tonight was fucking insane. It was mental. And he's lost the game against Newcastle and it's only a 1-0 defeat. If you didn't watch the match, you can thank your lucky stars you didn't. Because we should have been hammered. To watch. We should have been brutalised tonight. We really should have. Yeah. But the main takeaway is, there's no excuses anymore. He's choosing to play Maguire. It's a nice narrative to believe Martinez comes back, Varane comes back in, and United start playing this brilliant attacking football that hopefully gets up to the stand of the Newcastle rap. Newcastle, by the way, who have overtaken Manchester United tonight, but are arguably, arguably the sixth best team in England, which puts United seventh. And who are decimated with injuries. And, based on tonight, you make an argument for Villa. And I'm not saying that our squad is the seventh best. I would argue our squad's top four. But our current setup, damn them. Our current setup at the moment is mid-table. It is mid-table. And you know what? Chelsea could beat us on Wednesday. And it's just being realistic. And if Chelsea do beat us on Wednesday, based on tonight, they drag us into the mid-table argument. And all of a sudden, the Pochettino and the Chelsea shit show is Manchester United in the second season. Uh, ne- never mind Chelsea on Wednesday. I can't wait to read the forums tonight. Yeah. Because it's going to be damning. And it's not going to be damning because we lost to Newcastle 1-0 at St James's Park, it's going to be damning because of the manner in which we lost and the dire football that we played tonight for a hundred minutes. And some of those players, Marcus Rashford being one, is going to take a torrid amount of abuse. And you know what? Don't be racist and don't be venomous, but he deserves the criticism. Every, but every player deserves critiquing. Yeah. Every player. They don't deserve as you say, that vitriol that you get yeah. on social media. They don't deserve that, but he should be dropped to the bench. Yeah. It's he needs be to be dropped to the bench because he's a player that I would say assumes that he's the first one on the, the what do you call it, the team sheet. We all love the experts in body language and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, his, his attitude is disgusting. It really is. Yeah, his attitude is of an elite, petulant child really at the is. minute. And he needs to be humbled, in my opinion. He does. He needs to be sitting on the bench for a few games. A run of games, not just take him out of the team. That's what I said, a few games. A no, a run of games. You have police Bring him on. on. There's your rotation now for the for sale. You know what I mean? You need to honestly sit Rashford there and make humble him, like you said. Anthony won't humble him because Anthony's a right winger but when he doesn't get on over Palestri and it's Palestri and Garnacho being played in the team now I did say I think Rashford is a better footballer than Palestri I said a few podcasts back and I stick with that point but at the minute humble him play mm-hmm. Palestri ahead of him I agree with if you if Anthony is Peter knock Anthony's not fit play the kid in front of Marcus Rashford and if Rashford kicks off let him kick off yeah. let him be another Jaden Sancho and if he wants to go he wants to go because I love that man as a footballer but his attitude at the minute is disgusting. It's a disgrace. It's it just all wrong. It's a disgrace tonight. 
even when he got taken out at half time he was yapping at Rasmus Hoyland for something that he felt should have happened in the first half and then when he was taken off he was like a petulant child mm. but it's only the small ask of Chelsea now in Wednesday <laughs> Mm. We have had a mixed yeah. bag this Toss season. Toss the coin this Wednesday. But, good lord, based on that. Look, it's going to be interesting to see. It's over 2 now in the acid test. Yep, it is. Numero 3 coming up. Yep. Big game now. Now, especially a Chelsea team that's hit and miss and we're at home. You, you cannot play like that. Smell blood too. Oh, wouldn't you? you want to Any your... manager after watching United tonight yeah. will go, will be rubbing their hands. Definitely. And you know what, Chelsea, it's the sort of fixture where Chelsea are in a bit of a, a wayward situation as well and Potch would love nothing more than to turn around. Oh, absolutely. I could yep. have been your coach. My team's in a, a chaos situation. Yep. You're not meant to be, but now you are, you are in with us. You know, Look, it could, be, it could, it could go either way, but he needs to be brave in his selection on Wednesday night. Definitely. Well, we will be back for that game on Wednesday night. Hopefully, it is more. I just upbeat. I, I know it's very deflating at the minute the way we're playing and the manner of our defeats and the, the individual performances and mistakes that are being made. Okay, it's it's one of those things. Look, I think it, if Brighton, it is. if Brighton win tomorrow, Brighton they throw us down in the eighth. If Chelsea can win their game, they give up the nineteen points. If Chelsea beat United, then they draw us in with two points of Chelsea, who were all laughing at. No, it's all very positive. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean that that run of form and stuff that our tag went through, it could be taken away from him. Yeah, the space of two matches. Well, that's football. Is that is football. Yeah, it is, um, and it seems a bit unfair, to be honest, to come out and say to nag out and stuff after last season. But the last takeaway from tonight for tonight is this: the football that wins you the Premier League. I think not. Yeah, Feel free to disagree with me. To throw a comment under one of the social medias, write a question. Call me out on if you think it's bullshit, but I I just don't see it, guys. I've been flip flopping between trying to be optimistic for the sake of the podcast. Oh, you're definitely flipping now. I'm, I'm done. Done. Yeah. Can't see There's it. no flopping anymore. No, I think we could hear the booing and stuff. He's, he's going to lose the fans and the players if he can't beat Chelsea now on Wednesday night, and it'll be at Old Trafford. And I do feel sorry for him. It's not nice for anybody, especially this time of year, but. It is what it is. You're a victim of your own choices, and it's choices at the minute their head scratches. I don't feel sorry for him. He's going to get a nice big payoff. Maybe he wants it. Maybe he's feeling yeah. good. But anyway, we'll see you all on Wednesday. Bye, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekends. Bye-bye.